We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Plenty of time. Knicks have to show composure and get the shot they want. Brunson gets free. They get it to him. Five seconds to go. Brunson splits the defense down the lane. The runner's up. Shot no good. Rebound Jackson and a foul. This is deja vu from the last game. Brunson in the paint coming up short. They had to go to OT. And now again coming up short. Jalen Brunson who has been brilliant here in the fourth quarter. Two good opportunities. And neither one goes down. So quick programming note for all of you. First of all, the Jets are seven and four. Second of all, shout out to our friends at WinBet. Just to do a quick reset. Shout out to them. Download the WinBet app now and visit www.winbet.com to start winning. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, win $100. Download, bet, win. Um, shout out to me and my only advice for betting strategies going forward. Every Jalen Brunson <laughs> combo bet, prop bet, whatever you want to do going forward. He's been getting, making me look very smart. He was uh, poor efficiently for a lot of this game. And then the fourth quarter happened, but he hit his combo that I like select today, which was 30 plus points and rebound points and assists uh, midway through the fourth quarter. And then went on to obliterate it with the rest of the fourth quarter. So uh, if you want to play along with us, join us on the KFS pregame show and take advantage of our friends over at WinBet. Another programming note, because John is the most popular person in the world. Um, he'll be taking uh, taking off in about 10 minutes. We'll be coming back in a little bit. He's going to do a segment for SNY in a little bit. In like um, 20 minutes. Yeah. It Oh, yeah, in 20 minutes. So around 10 o'clock, he's going to take off. It won't, I don't, it's not live, is it? I don't think so. Okay. Well, um, no, it can't be live because we were trying to do it earlier. No, so it won't be live, but pay attention to Friend of the Pod, Dexter Henry's show later tonight or whenever they're going to air it and the one and only John Macri, who is recovered from his life-altering and life-threatening illness over the holiday break. I'm glad you're okay. Uh, came back just in time to, you know, write a emergency newsletter about R.J. Barrett. Not, um, yeah, but f- f- listen, that was that newsletter was critical of Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett in equal parts. The part mm-hmm. that got aggregated was about R.J. Barrett. Which was, that's how I knew the tide had turned. That it wasn't, why do you hate R.J. Barrett? It's, we hate R.J. Barrett, too. We're aggregating John Macri. That's the part that I thought, well, that's the takeaway I had from Saturday when it was no longer, can you believe that he wrote this? And then it's like, do you see what he wrote? Yeah, more of that, please. I here, You know what I haven't said yet? 
Uh oh. <laughs> no, I I wanted to be very like I've been very clear about my feelings about Julius Randle, right? Mm-hmm. I think Julius Randle is is uh, an atrocity on defense. I think he's always going to be an atrocity on defense. I don't think you could ever win with this player on your roster at a high level. Um, I think he has effort. Like I've said all kinds of nasty shit about Julius Randle, right? Everybody knows this. I haven't said anything nasty about RJ Barrett, like long term as a, as a, as a player who eventually could help a team win games again. I want to be very clear about it. I don't think RJ Barrett sucks, but at the same time, it is okay to acknowledge how detrimental he is right now, today to this team. So I, 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 I do want to draw that dichotomy because I'm not like, I'm not out on RJ. I'm although God, this has made it tougher to be in on him, but like, I do still think there is a useful player in there. If he figures his shit out. I, I agree. And boy, oh boy, do we, as a fan base, need him to figure his shit out. Um, I'll stick well, around. As an organization, they need to. Him. Uh, yes. Across the board, anybody associated with the Knicks fan or front office and head coach need to have him figure his shit out. Um, I'll stay on until you have to take off next up. Yeah. Uh, Wombler with another one. I love Grimes. Who doesn't love Grimes? Grimes is awesome. He, again, he's two for seven tonight. Nobody cares because he just plays. He does everything. And his passing has been awesome. He's been the best passer on the team other than Jalen Brunson. My wife thinks I'm going to leave her for him. His shot is going to go in. I, too, think that Quentin Grimes' shot is going to go in. You hear that? Don't, don't leave your wife. I thought you were going to say, I, too, think you're going to leave your wife for Quentin Grimes. But alas... You Alas. pulled a curveball on us, John. I did. I'm full of surprises. Uh, Kevin Danishevsky, uh with another one. RJ had a nice stat game. Good for him. There's no way he should close over Quentin Grimes right now. I completely agree. RJ is slow and a liability on defense. I think Quentin Grimes equals Lonzo Ball with rim attacking. Does Grimes bit- really attack the rim that much? He's... I mean, Lonzo, he gets into do it very sure. Lonzo didn't exactly drive a lot, for whatever it's worth. No, but I think that's the point that he's making. He he like at least he, he Grimes could get into the teeth of the defense. He had a pretty finish. Uh, I don't think it was this game. I think it was in the Portland game. He had a really nice finish. I very recently, um, but it all runs together in my head. I, whatever. I just think I, I really get good. Yeah. Yes, he is. I guess with Lonzo, I associate more like transition offense, running tra- transition offense more. Oh, yeah. And like that's something that, that he does so well. I, I don't hate the comp. Don't get me wrong, Kevin. It's more just as I think it through. But what I, I agree that, you know, in terms of closing, if we're talking about the best five players being on the floor and the best five that fit, you could certainly make really good arguments that Quentin Grimes should be starting, not sorry, should be finishing over RJ. But I just don't foresee that happening. Um, yeah, I think we're belittling. Like, I know Lonzo gets the connector label and the whole thing. I, I think we're belittling how good of a of a floor general he is in other ways, other than like the point guard who breaks down the defense and, and does those sorts of things. Uh, good comment, though, Kev. Uh, Kevin, what's going on, Kevin? Good to good to hear from you, Kevin McEwen. Julius Randle on defense is a nightmare to watch. I don't know what's going on with RJ, but he's got to get it together. Jalen Brunson's the truth. Best Nick on the floor, even with the misses. Um, yeah, I don't know if anything to add to any of that. That was really well said. Um, he does. RJ has to get it together. TK, uh, hush to this game is exactly why we paid Mitch. 
I love Sims, but Mitch just brings something in that paint defense that very few centers have. Uh, Benji tweeted about this, I think, during the game that like, or he's been he's been tweeting about the centers a lot because I know he has some very strong feelings about it. I, I think Benji, uh, to paraphrase his point, like Mitch still has the highest ceiling of anybody in this group, and we saw some of that ceiling tonight. What drives you crazy is the the I don't even want to say the consistency, but like Mitch does get hurt. Like he's, he's gotten hurt a lot. And like when he comes back, it's like, there's, there's the conditioning period and the whole thing. And he's getting paid a lot of money, you know, which, you know, Jeremy, I know you have feelings about as well, but. Well, I'll, I'll say this, right. The way I see it, if there were this season, a change to be made with the starting five in terms of an upgrade, he's the most likely candidate, right? How could he not be? I mean, we're talking about Julius. A trade, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Talking about Julius Randall and RJ Barrett is the other two. RJ with the poison pill. Randall just, I don't think they want to move him unless they can get at least a neutral deal. And I don't think they can get a neutral deal right now. And then you look at the, the, the fifth guy who... Again, like I've been saying, I just, I, 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 I was fine with paying Mitch. It was still a little more than I would have liked. The descending contract made it feel a lot more palatable for me. But it just... It really comes down to if you were to make an improvement in season, what position is it most likely to be? And it may not be any of them. That's the other thing. It, the, the Knicks might not improve on any of those five. They might keep the five, assuming that everyone stays here. But just based on how these contracts are structured, I, I can't help but think about it. They had to pay Mitch. Well, again, like we've even we talked about this in the group chat, the, the five of us or whatever. It's just like. They couldn't trade Mitch when he was a pending unrestricted free agent when he was making too little money. Mm-hmm. They had trouble trading him because of base year compensation and they didn't want to include him in the Donovan Mitchell deal because they felt they couldn't get a suitable center to replace Mitchell. And then, so they figure, okay, well, if there's a time to flip him, it's leveraging cap space. Well, really going over the salary cap when they, when they had the ability to do it and then try to make the contract more advantageous. I mean, like, what's better? Paying Mitchell Robinson $17 million and three seasons from now or paying him what? Like 13, 12, 11, whatever the, I, that final number is. No, you couldn't let the asset walk for nothing is my That's point. Like, yeah. 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 On, on, on that. I, I, I can't believe I'm forgetting this. The famous Woj tweet that everybody, we all think is, it was fake. It was RJ Mitch. It was O and OB and three unprotected. Was that the, the it was RJ rule? Mitch Fournier and three unprotected. Not OB too. I think no. Fournier and OB was a different. Was it that was Shams? Okay. I look it up. I, I don't care. About I, the Fournier I believe OB yes, but it was three unprotecteds, right? It might have been. I, I thought it was. Three. Don't remember. There. I'm gonna look. I don't remember <laughs> yeah. a lot of Knicks actually willing to offer three unprotecteds. And no, but you no, you know the, the tweet the I'm talking about. This is that, the that one where it's like, wait a minute. How does this factor? How does this make sense with any of the other reporting? Where it's like the the you know, the, the the jazz, like the Knicks, I forget, whatever. Like that was like on, that was discussed or something. Um, but I, for, the reason I'm asking is because I don't know if, if, um, if it wasn't three unprotected, plugging my back, my microphone back in. If it wasn't three unprotected, if it was just three picks, it would get me thinking, like, was there a moment early in the summer where maybe Utah wanted 
Mitch, and that was their way to get out from from Mitch, um, along with RJ and picks. But like, if obviously if it was three unprotected picks, it's neither here nor there. But if it was just like three picks, like, would they was was that the way the Knicks could get away with take with with getting sending less on un, fewer unprotected picks for that? But again, I I don't remember the tweet. I just for some reason six out of three protectors. I found it. Yeah, okay. It's it's RJ, Ob, Mitch, and three unprotected firsts. Okay. I don't, yeah. The, okay. So shout out to to not friend of the pod, but friend of Nick KFS Hobsey, The number one comment underneath it. I don't buy this at all. Yeah, no, th- we don't we, buy this at all. <laughs> we 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 were we were confused about that for okay for a while. Enough anyway. voting Adrian Wojnarowski. There you go, <laughs> James Lee. What's going on, James? Again, peep saying JB is selfish. I wouldn't pass to RJ or Julius Randall. Oh my god. It, it, I mean, look, everybody's got to have a take, right? So I'm sure there's somebody out there that has to be like, the Jalen Brunson is selfish take. Please. How dare he? <sighs> it's one of the best clutch players in the NBA this season. I want him taking that shot. How dare I want him he? taking it again. Every yeah. day of the week. Yeah, but, but RJ okay. is him, Jeremy. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Julius made all NBA two years ago. What's Jalen Brunson doing? Come on. Uh, forgotten NYC. Minor storyline. Will the Mavs pick be decent ish? You know what I did this morning as I was feeling down? I went on Tagathon, like Jeremy advised a few minutes ago. And I was like, wow, we're slated to get the 11th, 13th, and 14th picks in the draft. Would you like an update on that, John? <laughs> sure. The Knicks would right now have the 9th, 12th, and 15th. Jesus. In the draft. That's right. It can't be 14th because it's top 14 protected. Mm-hmm. Um I the the, the Ma- I'll tell you that the match pick is interesting to me now. Um and again, this is a conversation that Jeremy and I will have at a different time later. But the how many like do the Knicks want a third first round pick conveying this year is a is a very interesting conversation. Uh, but we'll talk about that at a later time. The one comment I will add is as great as it is that the Mavs are currently holding the 12th pick for the Knicks, um, they are a whopping three games away from having the second best record in the NBA, in the West. It's really yeah, bunched it's up, tight. which is why if you are thinking like, oh no, what happens if the Mavs lose too many games? Because then they're in the top 10 and their pick protects. No, no, keep rooting for the Mavs to lose because they're going to find a way to get better, whether it's by trade or just Luka Doncic being better, barring a Luka injury, they're they're going to find a way to be better than this. But if they keep losing games, especially because they've got a really tough stretch that they're <clears throat> dealing with, um, like I believe they're losing to the Bucks right now yeah. as we speak. Um, yeah, one hundred four ninety six start of the fourth quarter. Just keep rooting for them to lose because they'll find ways to pull wins out of nowhere. They've just they've lost a lot of games to teams missing their stars, which has been kind of funny. And Luka Doncic is like hitting like I don't know twenty eight percent or twenty six percent or some obscenely low number on like spot up threes this year, which I it's like doing too much. What he's doing too much. There's there's he's doing he's doing a lot, but like there's no way that the Mavs are going to get to the trade deadline and like just for argument's sake, let's say the Mavs are three games under or something at the trade deadline. They they're, they're not. They will do something to attempt to improve the team. Now, whether it works or not, we'll see. I can't fathom a scenario where the Mavs don't end up in the play-in 
maybe they get lucky and maybe they get knocked out of the plan and we get the 11th or 12th or 13th pick in the draft. That's the other thing about it. Like, don't, don't root for the match too, too bad because pick is top 10 protected. So, but you know. what I'm saying is they'll find a way to be better than that. Like, yeah, no, because they're yes, so, yes, it's yes, so yes, close yes, yes, that yes, just yes. keep rooting for them to lose. They'll win games in the end. Well, here, very quick. What, what pick would you sign for on the dotted line right now? For the, the Dallas pick will be this. I will sign for it to be this pick right now. I'll say 16. That's, I was actually going to go a little bit lower. I was going to go like 14 or 15. Which and I'm saying that because, again, I would like to see it stay in this range, but the West I'll is go, uh, uh, so no, bunched up. Six, 16. That's the, it's fucking Luca. 16. That's, which is, hey, which is better than 21, which yeah. is what the Knicks uh, received yeah. from the Mavs in the 2021 draft. Yeah. So, yeah. Good call. Uh, Rob Delusma. What's going on, Rob? Sup, JM, Jeremy, and Andrew. Hope the giblets and gravy were good. Is it just me or is is this team stuck? Uh, it's not just you, Rob. But they're not stuck. They're not, they're not stuck. They're... What's the most stuck? What's the most... St- how, am I, how can I phrase this without sounding like an idiot? Um, what is the aspect of this team... That ha- that has it most stuck in your eyes, Jeremy, or is there no aspect of this team that has it most stuck in your eyes? Can you rephrase the question? I'm a little like, like um, the most hamstringing thing about them, whether it's a contract or like a contract tied to a, the role that the player has, or like uh, something of that nature. I mean, I'll go with Julius Randle. I'll go with Julius Randle as well. But but I think the big thing about the Knicks is, as I will maintain, and if others don't believe this to be the case, so be it. This front office doesn't care about this year. And there's a good chance that they don't really care about next year, but they'll care about next year more because if they don't care about this year and it goes poorly, then they're definitely going to care. But I think the big concern is, okay, things don't go well this year. The team is stuck. They don't get high enough to get like one of the top prospects in the draft. And then they try to save their skins by trading for a star. And I just, again, we'll see how this year goes. I think that they still have more flexibility than that. I don't think it'll be at the point where it's like your job's on the line. Let's because if you think about how poor the Steve Mills, Scott Perry era was like, that was bad. That was really, really bad. Just flat out embarrassing where the expectation was you're going to, we're going to go out there and sign Kevin Durant and, you know, maybe someone like Kyrie Irving and oh crap. No, we didn't do that. And now uh, we're like two and eight in November and uh, it's rough. And okay. Yeah. We, you know, I'm Steve and I lost my job. It's not going to be (laughs) the expectations are so high and the Knicks fall below it. I think it's it's unfortunate for you. (laughs) It's more just that the Knicks are being, Average. They're being average and C's get degrees kind of thing. And they're fine with that because they know that their stability is going to be fine, which means that they can take risks a little bit later. But if you're a Knicks fan, you're thinking, well, I don't want to hear about taking risks later. I want them to take risks now. I get it. I totally get it. I just, and there will be another time where we can dissect it more. I just think in terms of the talent acquisition part and how you line everything up, like find me a team that has successfully traded for two established stars uh, and contended. And I'll be like, wow, that's great. I had not heard of that team before. 
It's the Lakers, and that's it. But they Here's didn't. But the, the Lakers that's didn't not consistent contending. No, the Lake. But the Lakers signed LeBron James and then traded for Anthony. Davis. You mean trading for? Okay, I see I'm saying, saying trade for one because the moment you trade for one, clock stops. The clock starts right. Like yes. Now mm. it's okay. We're we're feeling it out. We there's more work to be done. 100. percent But we're not so lousy. And if we are lousy, it's okay because we've got the best part of our front office. It seems from what we have seen is the drafting the component of that. Mm-hmm. And then it's going for, okay, well, you get that star. When are you going to get the next star? It's always oh. like the next moment. But it, it's like the Don Draper thing of like happiness is the moment before you need more happiness. Looks like they signed the first star, though. I would uh, like he, to, I, yeah. I, listen, I don't know. Regardless, they signed a really good player who should be in the conversation for the oh. all-star team. And that's the important part. Why do, Jaylen, why do you hate Jalen Brunson? Yeah, of all people. I know. The Ken Jalen Brunson, shout out to, this is Kevin's point. The Ken Jalen Brunson be a number two on the right sort of roster and have that, and that roster be contending for a championship. Obviously, a lot of that has to do with who the number one is, I think is an interesting conversation. The thing I'll say very briefly, and then I got to go uh, hit up Dexter Henry for the SNY uh, spot mm-hmm. is yes. if this team had the exact same record with the exact same net rating and had and before this season had swapped out Julius Randle for to to Phoenix for for Jay Crowder and and with the the the, the Phoenix poop poop ladder. Um, and a protected first round, a top 20 protected first round pick this year that converts to two seconds if, if it does not convey this year. And, you know, I, I think we would, I don't think we'd be having the same conversation because I, I think we would feel better about the here and now and to, and to take it one step further, this team, th- this front office, like, as this is what Jeremy is alluding to, we don't want to see is the savior ash trade. But like this summer, they could trade. They'll they could trade Julius Randle and like all the all the draft assets they have for a star, and like put the star next to Jalen Brunson and next to all these young players and sign a mid level guy, and they could go into next season talking up the idea of winning fifty games. So like they're not nearly as stuck as you seem but but the 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 key right now i think is to resist the temptation to do the stupid thing which to their credit say all the sh- bad i've and god knows i've said a lot of bad shit about them say all the bad shit about them you want they have redis- resisted the temptation to do the stupid thing they've not done that yet i'm not saying donovan mitchell was the stupid thing reasonable minds may differ on that but they have not done the stupid thing so yeah clock starts th- for sure on that note i will see y'all in a few Bye, John. See you, John. All I was right, worried. So, I, I was saying Flex King is like, or like Flex, yes, go off King. No one. All right, whatever. Your your connection might have. All right. We, we've had enough, some issues enough. tonight, so I might not have heard it, to be honest. Uh, regardless, uh, we got, thank you, everybody, for your contributions tonight. We're an hour 20 in and we're nowhere near close to being finished with Super Chat, so we appreciate it. Um, chat's also suggesting trading for Garnett and Paul and Ray Allen is a suggestion, but to Jeremy's point, like they had Paul Pierce. That's, like, that, they I, had the first guy in-house, so there's never been a team that didn't have anybody and traded for both guys, or at least I just, not yes. from memory. At least. I, I want to be explicitly clear because that's not what I'm saying in terms of like trading for two guys, I'm talking about trading for a guy 
and then waiting and then trading for another guy, right? Because like the way that the the Celtics leveraged what they were doing was they traded the fifth overall pick that year. That was a premier or premium asset that they had, and they were able to fix it. And yes, because they had Paul Pierce in house, they could then form what was that big three, as you're saying. But yeah, it's more the, my thought process is more like when's last time you've seen? Hey, let's trade for a guy and then wait a year or two and then trade for another guy and bring those two together. It really doesn't happen much because it costs a lot to get the first guy. and It's going to cost a hell of a lot to get the second guy. Hey, guys, quick break to tell you. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. About WinBet, the official sports book of Knicks Film School. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards are right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from the NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, the WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100, win 100. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to start winning. Download, bet, win. It's that simple. You want to go full big brain with this? Because sure. John was saying, imagine if they, imagine if the Knicks had done the Mitchell trade and then sold Randall for a bag of balls. Mm-hmm. So I had a take on the pregame show that this was this week was the first time because I feel like with RJ, when we've talked about how him and Randall don't fit, it's like imagine what RJ would look like without Randall, and RJ's just been so bad now on both ends of the floor and. Like, I don't know if people are just afraid to say it. Julius has been good offensively. It is so much overshadowed by his defense that you can't fully acknowledge how good he's been offensively, but he's up in every single stat that matters. Effective field goal percentage, his best as a Nick. Uh, True shooting, his best as a Nick. Offensive rating, the best of his career. And you can't point out any of it because he's having the worst defensive season of his career and one of the worst defensive seasons for his position at least in the league, and I'd have to do a deep dive on ever, but what if you just keep Randall and he's this in, in that 
version of a roster, which is probably what they were going to do had they completed a Donovan Mitchell trade. Yeah, I mean, listen, my issue with the ideal trade that was in mind of like, all right, RJ and IQ and two first round picks, that's not enough. Okay, need a third unprotected first. I drew the line at the unprotected pick for the third Mm -hmm. one. To me, it was less about RJ and even less about IQ. It was more about those picks and how important they're going to be because of Stepien, because you can't trade back-to-back picks. So, you know, the moment that the Knicks put RJ Barrett on the table for a player like Donovan Mitchell, it just kind of inspired a thought of like, again, this front office didn't draft him. I don't know how confident I am that they want to retain him long-term. And now listen, there's nothing wrong with being included in a trade for a star like Donovan Mitchell. It's, it's not offensive, but RJ wasn't the focal point of that. The picks were the focal point. And our, the goal for Danny Ainge, by all accounts, was that he wanted to flip RJ somewhere else. So how you do all of that, I don't know. But like again, I think if you're a fan, you could say, well, the Knicks committed to RJ Barrett. They paid him. They want to keep him certainly a possibility. But with that said, I still can't help but wonder if the reason why the Knicks paid him, yeah, maybe part of it was because of the fact that they thought from a PR standpoint, we should extend him. I mean, they extended him right away. They could have let it drag out, but I don't think the Knicks they've proven. They don't really care about the dollar amount. Exactly. They care about the control. They had the control to trade Randall. They just, they didn't, whether because they didn't want to, or potentially more likely because they didn't want to, pay more to get rid of him. They were fine just killing time because they don't care. That's fine. But with RJ, you know, we just had a whole conversation. I mean, since really what April, May about base year compensation, the bane of everyone's existence. You get that out of the way. If you extend RJ Barrett, you just have difficulty trading him this year. And if they don't care about him this year, or they don't care about the team in terms of the winning record. Then you start, you know, July 1st with a clean slate, no restrictions on trading RJ. If that's what they want. I can't help but feel like that's ultimately what occurs, but there's plenty of time between now and then. So we'll see. We'll see. I am very curious because scouts have the same eyes we do, especially in the NBA. Has he rehabbed his value, at least offensively? That it's RJ he, or Julius? No, Julius. Like oh. we were talking about how untradeable he was this offseason, last deadline, and now he's a legitimate, good offensive player. Has he rehabbed his value enough that the Knicks don't feel like they'd be selling too low or having to give up too much? This deadline, or is that a priority of this team? We'll never know because this president doesn't do press conferences, but I'm curious is all I'm saying. I have well, no idea what the plan might be as we explore the next six weeks. For sure. I'd say in terms of Julius, you know, listen, he's playing better than he played last year. And I know that's not the bar was so low last on year. On the that, offensive end. Exactly. It <laughs> has to be said on the offensive end. Right. But then you look at it and it's like, more another year. If we're talking about this offseason, for example, because I don't, I just don't think he's going to be dealt to the deadline. We're talking about the end of this year. It's one year less that's on his contract, right? So you have the 2023 season, the 2024 season. And a lot of people will point, oh, well, he has a player option in 2025. And to that, I say, look, if he's playing well offensively and has his warts defensively, he's going to opt out of it, especially if there's a cap spike there. So what you're really looking at is, okay, it's likely to be two years that he's on the team. You can move someone with two years. I think it's just more likely closer to one or opts out and maybe the Knicks decide to operate with cap space that year. Who knows? There's, there's so much time between now and then that it's hard to really pinpoint it. 
for right now, it's just kind of how I see it. Just like, let's look at the deadline. Then let's look at the, you know, the off season and kind of go from there. We'll see. Anthony Sixto, thank you for the contribution in honor of Jeremy positives. Cam is 70s smooth. Mitchell better at staying on his feet and Brunson missed, but proved he can get his looks in the clutch. They will fall. Hashtag Brun, uh, Brun phased instead of unfazed. Mm-hmm. And oh, this is a sad one. Hashtag Brun that got away. I, Anthony, you're killing it with these. Loving it. This yeah. season. Love it. And I listen, there was there's no version of the Knicks game that could get me down because the Jets are seven and four, and Mike White is my my, my future king, might be my current king, who knows? Um, but I I stand lean more on your side where like that was a brutal loss, but like to, to what you said and what Sean said, these are the losses you live with. You know, taking Memphis, who won 56 games last season. Yeah, they weren't they didn't have Bane. But you also had like nothing falling from three. You played the worst. You played the the second best offensive rebounding team in the league. And you're the worst or one of the worst offensive rebounding. You survived all of that and had two shots to win the game with in the final two possessions. Like, like you'll take that and you'll live with the, the result, even if it is heartbreaking. You know, there are 11 wins in total. And I can count what at least four, five already with it where it's like, I can point to that being like, damn, that's the one that got away. If it comes down to that, like this is much lower on the depth chart of, I can't mm-hmm. believe the Knicks didn't win that game. Would have been great if they had, they had opportunities, but um, wait, do you have games like that this season where you're like, can't believe that one got away? Yeah, I think so. So I have, they should have won that Portland game. Yes. That's one. I'd say as I'm looking through schedule, honestly, the original Memphis game hurt more. Uh, road game I get it, but against I, Memphis I can't I'm saying can't it's higher than this one but it's not like up yeah. the top um, I I really think that Cleveland game I understand Cleveland's a better team no doubt but that was there you were up 99 to 90 entering the fourth quarter just they just, just slipped away the Hawks game for sure the Hawks game was the one I was going to say because they were up 20 and yeah this isn't then, an order I'm just yeah. going through the games as no they, no like, I know it's not an order I just I don't have the Cavs game even on the list. The Cavs shot incredibly in the fourth quarter, and that's why they lost. The Knicks, like, that's going to happen against better teams. You they know? did, but I just didn't love how they were coached in that, in that fourth quarter. I thought that was really rough. Like, we were again, still the in Cavs the Cavs shot. It's we were still well. in the, 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 the era, I guess we call it, of Evan Fournier getting meaningful minutes on this team. So I, I don't disagree. I just, we were, we were very close to being, rid of that. And what's funny is that the reason the Cavs started to come back in that game is because the bench got put in. Like Fournier was actually decent in that that Cavs game and Julius was really good in that third quarter. And then it was a stretch of like five minutes where Kevin Love didn't miss and it was all right, put the starters back in and he, he waited too long. But that's regardless. My, right. Yeah. That's my issue from the coaching standpoint where JB Bickerstaff could predict how and mm-hmm. when the Knicks were going to deploy that bench unit and then they feasted on it. And then they took the lead and then they never looked back. Yeah. Yeah. I think, look, so I don't know how much you subscribe. I talked about this on the pregame for those who are going to hear the same conversation again. I don't know how much you subscribe to the Pythagorean wins and loss predictor. Um, the Knicks are supposed to be nine and 11. They're nine and 11. <laughs> like I'm, I'm less outraged about this season um, because they're about as good as I thought they would be. And 
maybe give or take if RJ was a little better, they'd be 11 and nine. But I also, I, I can't, today was a loss that was annoying and I guess hurt. They're nine and 11 and should probably be around nine and 11. I need them to win this, this upcoming stretch when we get to predictions will be fascinating because we're at the point where everybody thought this is where they'll blow it up. And this is when they'll fire Tibbs and they might get to it at like, 12 and 15, 12 and 13, 11 and, and 11 and 14, which is fine, you know? And if right. they get to that, then the schedule gets easier. Or they yeah. go 9 and 15, and it's a much different conversation. Yeah. I mean, listen, this going three and two, I know it seems like that Thunder game was a million years ago, and yet it was still from the last time that was recorded. Like three and two on a tough road trip. That's how you save your job if you're talking mm-hmm. about And up. like, again, if we're talking about, what we were talking about before was like, I remember how John and I were saying like four and eight would be a miracle for this 12 game stretch. And it's like, they're just one win away from that happening. Mm-hmm. Just hitting that point. And they still have the Detroit game and, you know, the Dallas game coming up soon. So like there are opportunities for them to, to go what five and seven and against a lot of really good teams. That's, that's good. That's I said really it on, good. I said it on Friday night that like I would take, I would take 11 and 14 through 25 games, which is the Detroit game and get me one more win, which is why, if anything, that's why tonight was annoying to me. Cause there's your one more win. Steal one from Dallas, steal one from Cleveland. I'm not accounting on that from Milwaukee, <laughs> you know, um, steal one from Atlanta, steal one of those games, you're 11 and 14 and your schedule gets so much easier after that. And, and you go from there. Um, I guess it was a. Oh no, it's been 14 minutes. I guess can, it was a quick hit with Dexter Henry. Can I? It's, yeah, it's one of those quick little spots. Can okay. I get greedy? Sure. First of all, beat Detroit in Detroit, and Detroit's been playing better. Detroit had a nice win recently. Shout out Alec Burks and Kevin Knox, baby. Dude. <laughs> yep. Oh my God! Can I tell you? Do we have any more? Do we have a lot more super chats. We have a lot more super chats, but tell a quick story. We got time. I had a. I just had a crazy, a crazy thought earlier today or last night. I forget. Um, it involves Alec Burks. What if instead of doing all of the machinations they did to open up cap space for Jalen Brunson this summer, uh-huh. the team just um, traded Julius Randle away either at the deadline or early in the summer for expiring salary. Alec Burks is still here. They traded RJ Barrett before they signed him to an extension early this summer. For like, trade him to some other team who like wanted to take a, make a bet on him. So a team willing to give up like a future unprotected first and like maybe like another top ten protected first, which I don't think is insane that some team would give up a future unprotected first. RJ Barrett, um, and back then, before like early in the summer, yeah, back and, then, yeah, yeah, back then, and go into this year where you have Bronson, all of the kids, and Alec Burks and Derek Rose, your two veterans. How would that team be performing right now? Well, who, who is taking Julius Randle back? I the way he was playing last year. I mean, we heard the Kings rumors at the deadline. Now the no. Kings obviously ended up shipping Tyrese Halliburton now. That's what I'm saying. They the chose a better bonus. option. <laughs> yeah, but what if you? Were, what if the Kings were like, "Yeah, we'll take Julius. You're not getting Halliburton, but you'll get." I don't know. Did I forget if the Kings had expiring salary? I guess it was just probably Bagley. Um, unless well, she had to take so. on Healed. Oh, we could have taken on healed. Okay. 
And then done, done, done Lakers trade. How you doing? Yeah, but then we're sitting here with Evan Fournier and Buddy Hield's, you know. No, you Evan, ship Evan Fournier and Buddy Hield off to LA for And I don't think they do the deal because we're still months into the season. They still haven't trade Russell Westbrook. Maybe not. Like we might have been to this point. Like I, I hear what you're saying. It's wistful thinking and I, I it's a sound plan. It's also for Alec Burks. Like, just go get Alec Burks this summer. If I guess, point. but like, the, the, <laughs> the the genesis of of my of my of my thought initially was like, like Alec Burks got shot on so much last summer, mm-hmm. last year, correctly because he was playing point guard and he should never do that, um, under any stretch of the imagination. But like, that dude still on like the right team is like a good solid veteran, you know guy who is like for Detroit this year like it you know he's doing the thing he should be doing which is like come in making them look respectable he's not going to win them so many games that he's going to you know disrupt their tanking um that's a good dude to have Jeremy yeah kind of go with Andrew on this one uh, yes in terms of Burks being a good dude to have 100% and I think that's why he fits really nice with the Pistons but I just I don't know I think that the way that the if you accomplish that, I understand how all of the advanced metrics look, especially with Julius. You're basically finding a way to bottom out more because like you're not going to have a lot of high usage players soaking up time. And I think that the front office is then more on thin ice than they would be right now. Because, yes, even though you look at it, you're like, well, they would have potentially gotten a, a really great player in the draft. I'm like, yeah, it's certainly possible, but it's hard to kind of put a rookie in that position to succeed at first. And then there are enough factors where I, I see what you're saying. I don't think it's crazy at all. I just think it would be a lot of pressure on the team to do better. And I think they would just be stinking up the joint as they wait for Jalen Brunson to hopefully sign. Can you, can you imagine if they've tried to use RJ to get Jaden Ivey? Yeah, that would, that would have been this fan base was not ready for that. And in hindsight, but here's the here's the problem with the again, this is just fandom. When a player plays well, we don't want to trade them. And then when they're, they're lowest, we want to, you know, jettison them. It's just it can't can't work that way. No, yeah. I understand. But RJ Barrett is him, Jeremy. <laughs> Stop so, You sound like me. No. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Let's keep let's keep it going. Yes. Uh <laughs> Not sure when it will happen, but Grimes and Cam on the floor together is something I'm really looking forward to. I hope we can see it at some point. Um, I'm I'm not a Deuce guy, but like Deuce quickly, Cam and Grimes, the four of those dudes, I just want to see them play defense for like five minutes. That's all. Cam came close. We didn't get that. I was going to say, did we get that? Yeah. For the Portland game? For we got, well, okay. It, this, no, because Cam wasn't in. Right, right. Shout out. Uh, Cam yeah, wasn't we in. Got right. close. Obi yeah. was in instead. You're right. We got close. Okay. Yeah. It was, I was going to say, we got it for one possession because he put Deuce in for 20 seconds to guard Jock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean, what's going on, Sean? We didn't sell the farm for Mitchell because we wouldn't have enough to trade for the second star. What if we already have the second star? I, uh, I, it needs to be the right number. I, I don't. Look, I love Donovan Mitchell, and obviously I love Jalen Brunson. You're not going to convince me that a team with Jalen Brunson and Donovan Mitchell is competing for a championship. You're just with those as your top two guys. You're just not going to convince me of that. I'm I'm sorry. I, I thought Ryan. I thought Sean was talking about Ryan Archdiakono as the <laughs> second star. No, I, I I'm with you. Yes, it's really hard to do that. It's that sounds like the makings of a really good regular season team, and then a team that just gets absolutely exploited 
in the offseason. That's why I felt like if you're going to trade for Donovan Mitchell, I don't think the Knicks have the infrastructure for it, but he's a star. I understand it. Then they got Jalen Brunson and it just made a whole lot less sense. That's another, I've had a lot of thoughts as I've been like biding my time um, over the last few days. But another one is like if you swap out RJ for if you swap out either RJ and quickly or RJ and Grimes for Donovan Mitchell on this same exact team and you don't move Julius Randle and Julius Randle is still getting the minute that he's getting on this team. I'm not sure they're a better defense. Maybe they're actually no, I'm, I'm just not sure they're a better defense um, if everything else stays the same. Uh, especially if they lose quickly. Quickly's probably been their you know, best defender. He's played a lot of minutes. Their offense gets better. I'm sure, they're a top 10 offense. Uh, so they're a better team, but like, yeah, there's a there's a world where we'd be having some big, 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 big worries right now, you know, if if they had made that deal. Also, if that deal goes through, the Knicks are the 31st worst team in the NBA in defensive rebounding. And they're only 30 teams, mind you. That's how bad they would have been. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Doug Grossberg, what's going on, Doug? You see how useless Julius Randle and RJ are at the end of a game in an offense run by Brunson. They don't spread the floor and their defense doesn't help us get stops. Should Tibbs adjust his closing lineup? That I'm, I've spoken on this so many times, I feel like a broken record. To me, that is a, that is a test of organizational like fortitude and like what kind of cojones do you have as an organization? Because I don't think there are many organizations in the league that tr- that that do that to their their prominent players. Jeremy, butt in here because I'm I think I'm biased on this, but yeah, no, I'm with you. It just it, it just doesn't happen that much. You trust the guys who are who you're you know who you've invested in. in. That's them. Didn't I it become a oh, sorry? No, just like one of them, maybe on a different night, depending on how they're feeling, how they're playing, foul trouble, all these different things. But the odds of like regularly without exception, not having both of them. Um, but I, no. but I don't want to absolve Tibbs because like, even if Tibbs was coaching like the, one of the best organizations, the Spurs or the Heat or something where you could get away with something like that, because nobody goes into those organizations and thinks for a second that they're bigger than the team. I still think Tibbs would go with his, with his tried and trues because that's who he is. So I want to blame, like put the blame on Tibbs, but I also don't think that it's realistic to think that the Knicks are at a point as an organization where they're just going to, that's, they're going to do something like that. Yeah. I'll add two things before we get to the next super chat. Didn't it become a story for like a whole weekend in Chicago when, yeah. when what's the national Zach story? Levine was benched at the end of the Orlando magic game. Yeah. In a game that the, a, a certain unit came back and made a big push. And then Zach Levine didn't come back in the game. They ended up losing the bulls. And then Zach Levine's in the post game. Like you put me, I'm the type of guy you put back in a game like that. Like that's what you're risking. Now, Zach, like, Neither Julius Randle nor RJ Bad or Zach Levine, but that's what you risk. It becomes a story if you bench a guy like that in a situation like that, and he decides to to speak up. Um, he made it, it the story though. Levine, he could uh, have just said, "I point. didn't have." Yeah, like, but it, it's more that yes, Donovan probably not probably Donovan could have put him back, could have put him back in there. But Levine also could have been more accountable, saying like, mm-hmm. "Yeah, just didn't have it tonight." But Levine has so much confidence in himself that he felt I should be out there. I'm our best player, so it's. I'm not saying this as a disagreement with you, Andrew. It's more just kind of adding to it that right. He yeah. didn't help the case. Shout out to Jalen Brunson, who's been much better than Zach Levine this season. And when asked about being 
not playing the fourth quarter of the Oklahoma City home loss said the way I was playing defense, I wouldn't have put myself back out there either. But I think that's my point is that it probably was the correct call to bench Levine for the way he was playing that game to go with the unit that was working. And yet look at what it became like. That's why coaches stray away from it to what you guys are saying. The other thing people will always bring up that the Warriors benched Draymond Green in the finals. And here's what I will say. Um, He benched him for like four minutes and it was game four of the NBA finals. So here's what I'll say. If the Knicks are ever in game four of the NBA finals and Tibbs doesn't bench a guy that could have helped them, I'll admit you were right. He should have done that. But that's what I'll say. At the same time, the Warriors are one of those special franchises that nobody is bigger than the franchise. And I think you could question and quibble with some of the ways that they've operated with certain incidents that have happened over the last few years. But I do I do think that they are they are one of those good organizations. The thing I think the point that 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 comment is alluding to is like Zach Levine has a point to get up there and be like, Hey, I made two fucking all-star teams. I've been one of the most efficient 25 point per game scores in league history over the last three years. If you go through my, my stats, like I had a bad game. Like you can't bench me. Like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle ain't Zach Levine. They don't have that resume, you know? Next up. Greg Moran. What's going on, Greg? Just a tough loss. Third quarter drag was a bit too big of a hole. Yeah, there was a point at the, I think it was a late third where like the Knicks offense was really making a push and they just couldn't get any. This team doesn't get stops. Um, Impressive to even get back into it, but a heartbreaker to come up short. Got a rebound. 27th in fucking defense. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And to the Mavericks point that Jeremy made earlier, the Knicks are three and a half games out of the four seed. Yep. Despite being, despite all of this, you know, RJ struggles, Julius's defense, being that bad in defense, being that bad in rebounding, worst three point shooting team in the league, three and a half games out of the four seed. Yeah, yeah. rings a little hollow. Can't to me, can't but. do that for Dallas. I understand they have Luca, but go go two through twelve, and then tell me how you feel, and then be like, well, they're only four games out of the two seed, you know. Yeah. 